Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, TV Movie. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the podcast where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, one by one. My name is Rob Carmack, and I'm joined here as always by J.B. Clark. What's up, J.B.? What's going on? Hey. How you doing? Man, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Let's talk TV movie. Let's do it. So, TV movie, the song, is uh, was released on the 1998 box set Tracks, and it was also an outtake from Born in the USA, which, again, yes. obviously, because obviously what song was. wasn't a Born in the USA outtake? So, uh, so, yeah, this song was recorded, one of the many, like, 80-plus songs that was recorded, considered, and ultimately discarded from uh, the Born in the USA sessions, and it was held back until 1998 when it was included on the box set tracks. This song has been played live one time, and it was on July the 23rd, 2013, in Cardiff, Wales, which, parenthetically, is also where they filmed the show Doctor Who. So, it was, right. which, you know, is has its own version of TV movies. So, you know, little little overlap, little timey-wimey, bendy-windy. Little timey-wimey, bendy-windy. That's right. That's that's all the basic facts I've got for you. I don't know why you played it the one time and then was just like, that was not good. And we should never do that again. And why why July 23rd, 2000? Somebody had to have made a sign. There's no reason to have played the song if somebody didn't make a sign. So, JB, do you think do you think we're, we're lacking something? Do you think he should have included this in the Broadway show? Is, is this a... Is no, this, is this a this lost is definitely gem? Not a Broadway show song. It's a great piano song. This is a great piano rock song. Oh, uh, but no, definitely not a, a Broadway song. Uh, I, there's a good quote from him uh, in Billboard in '98. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "I always envied writers who were able to incorporate a sense of humor in their music. A lot of my favorite rock performers were clowns. So when you look at Little Richard, or the Coasters, or Jerry Lee Lewis." Uh, there was some element of that in all of them. And specifically, you think about Jerry Lewis and you hear this song. You know, oh, my gosh. Yes. For sure you hear that. Uh, I love the desire to make your audience laugh on some level. On stage, I had the physical ability to incorporate that in what I did, which he like he he can really make the audience laugh and, and have a good time on, you know, physically and what he does but uh musically <laughs> that is not, not one of his talents and he says but i found it a lot more difficult to write it into my music which uh yeah if i did come up with it uh very often uh it was when i was making the final cut and and, and that's what i would leave off <laughs> yeah i mean who's he, think? So, is he weird al like what, what does he think he's trying to do so yeah a good good call leaving it off the because, yeah, I mean, the thing that the, there's this interesting quote from Jerry Seinfeld when he talks to other comedians. And one, one of the pieces of advice that Jerry Seinfeld gives to other comedians is he says, the audience will tell you what's funny about you. And the, what's funny about Bruce is him just being like silly and a little bit unguarded on stage. What's funny about Bruce is not his songwriting. <laughs> you know, he's not a funny songwriter. Right. He's the thing pro- that's most funny about him is like how much he loves to play music. You know what I mean? Is like that he puts too much into it. That's what that's what his jokes are on stage too. Is like, you know, him sort of like going too hard. Yeah. Um, that's what's that's what's funny in his sets. Um, is that he's and now more than ever is like he's an old man. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, uh, this is, you know, he ends a lot of shows like this is all I got. I can't give any more. And then like he'll have a tech throw him a guitar. And just friggin' play, you know. Yeah. Well, he he's always done that, like that James shot. Brown bit where he, he acts like yeah. he's he he's exhausted and then he like comes back for more. That's, right. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and and Bruce, yeah, and I've seen I've seen Bruce be really funny, but it's always or it always at least seems off the cuff, and it always seems that it's in some kind of immediate interaction with the room, and it isn't yeah. like uh, I'm gonna write a funny little novelty song. Like that's not like again, he's not Weird no, Al, he's not, not Tenacious D. Let's 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 acknowledge, and I'm glad that he he knew enough about himself to know like. I could, I could either use TV movie or I could do Downbound Train. Which tone am I trying well, to set with this album here? Or even like, you know, you say Tenacious D or Weird Al, but, you know, even Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard, like, he doesn't even have that sort of, like, levity within the seriousness of what he's doing mm-hmm. musically. That's just not his bag. No, it's not. Uh, and that's okay. He doesn't need to be that. Yeah. He's so – he is the best at something else. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh uh, Max Weinberg told Rolling Stone in 1989, he said, I remember one night we were completely packed up to go home and Bruce was off in the corner playing his acoustic and suddenly the bug hit him and he started writing these rockabilly songs. <laughs> and we've been recording all night and we were dead tired, but they had to open up the cases and set up the equipment so that we could start recording again at five in the morning. And that's when Pink Cadillac, Stand On It, and TV Movie happened. Which are all the same kind of sensibility, sort of the Jerry Lee yeah. Lewis slash Elvis slash, you know, that that early rockabilly, you know, all, all where all that stuff came from. Like that's that's all. Like clearly, he had that in him, and he wanted to get it out. But yeah, and this song has got so much good piano work in it, and it's got some real ripping guitar solo. There's a, like a real good smooth country solo. And there's a real shrill rocking guitar solo in there. Lots of just good rockabilly songs. Um, but it's just it's kind of rote rockabilly, you know. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's doing anything new. He he's not putting like a Bruce Springsteen spin on any of this. He he really is like it, you know like we we've talked a lot about how like the Tunnel of Love songs are like Bruce's spin on love songs, but this is not Bruce doing that to rockabilly. This is Bruce doing an impression of rockabilly. Yeah, it's just Bruce doing rockabilly. Yeah. And, um, but like you said, I mean, it's like the musicians are good. I mean, obviously you're in a studio and you've got Max Weinberg and Roy Bitten and, um, like everybody else, like you're, you've got the East Street Band and you've got Bruce Springsteen yeah. and you're, you're playing these songs, like versions of these songs that you grew up loving. Yeah. I mean, you're going to do a good job. It's just like, the, the question isn't the musicianship. The question is like, does this song need to exist? <laughs> you know? And yeah, uh, I mean, I'm super glad to have heard Roy Bitten play this song, but yeah, you know, it's fine. Like Roy Bitten could have played the song at a at an upright in a honky tonk on a uh, during an outtake of um, Deadwood, and it you know like that would have been just as much yeah. for me as, as this song is. Well, him playing along those two guitar solos are really dope too. But yeah, like this is basically just Roy Bitten does Deadwood <laughs> uh, pub scene, like a, a saloon scene. This this would have been better if it were instrumental. Like if they had done this, like you know, like Paradise by oh, the Sea. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if they had l- recorded this in the same way that they did that. Like maybe we don't need lyrics. Maybe I mean maybe just for the sake of having this like recorded. What if we just recorded, you know, a an instrumental version of this sound? I think we would Could be sitting imagine, here talking like, about how interesting a, it is, but it isn't. This bad. is like a side A last track instrumental on Born in the USA. Yeah, that that could, although I don't know. Awesome. Tonally, that would have been difficult to pull off because that's where Downbound Train is. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, <laughs> like Downbound Train could have picked up the next side. Or uh, I get well, well. I guess I guess it goes. Yeah. Downbound Train. I'm on fire. Yeah, let's not mess with that. Let's not mess with that. Um. 
It would have been an issue, like, if this was back in the day, if, if he'd made Born in the USA during the CD era, where they were throwing, um, you know, like, hidden tracks and bonus tracks and stuff on, like, that that could have, like, an instrumental version of this could have been, like, track 16, you know, on a 75-minute long CD version of Born in the USA. Yeah. But that's, when, when, you're ta- when you're talking, in the, when you're in the world of vinyl, like, every every square inch matters, you know, so. That's true. It, I would I would love to hear them do this like as an instrumental break uh, live. I, if I heard this as an instrumental break live, I would have feel like felt like I would I had seen something very special. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I had seen them do just TV and movie live, I'd been like, oh, I saw TV and movie one of the very few times it was ever played. The one. But time. if I had heard him yeah. do it as an instrumental break, just like as a nod, much like our. Uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, E Street Band t-shirts are just a subtle nod to other fans. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a little shameless plug uh, for the merch over at the alphabeticalspringsteen.com shop. Anyway, uh, I would I would, I would, would be just in heaven if I just heard them playing this live. Just instrumental. Hey. Well, yeah, if, if I had heard them actually play the song, I'd feel like okay about it. Yeah. I wonder if Friend of the show, James Childs, was at that show in Cardiff in 2013. Ooh, there's a good chance he was. James, holler at us if you were. Yeah, po- yeah. post a comment on either on the Facebook uh, episode or s- somewhere. Yeah, let us know. Because that, uh, not, I, I would love to know, first of all, were you there? And second of all, when it was like, oh my God, he's doing TV movie. Like, were, Yeah, what was what, that like? Were you like, okay, headed, I'll be back. I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> I, I don't need to be here for a TV movie. Or were you like, or... I need to is be this here. your favorite song, James? Yeah, or just it's not, knowledge. You told of, us your favorite song. But. This is a rarity, and you know, don't don't go get a beer. Wait, wait till he does "Hungry Heart" and then go get a beer. Yeah, or just don't. But anyway, so um, what else musically? I mean, other than just the rockability, rockability and the piano, like, uh, is there more here that needs to be discussed? Nope, that's right. it. Cool. Well, then let's talk lyrics. Let's do it. Because I think lyrics are where the song kind of loses the plot. So, yep. Um, although it, it's it's more interesting than I think I initially gave it credit for, but anyway, we'll we'll get to it. So it starts out: I woke up last night shaking from a dream, for in that dream I died. Which there's a lot of discussion over whether or not you can die in your own dreams. But anyway, my wife rolled over and told me that my life would be immortalized, not in some major motion picture or great American novel. You see, no, they're gonna make a TV movie out of me, which is. That's pretty funny. I mean, and obviously, like, Bruce is trying to be funny. This is, like, showbiz funny. Because, and now he says, not a major motion picture or, or a great American novel. Because before there was such a thing as Netflix and streaming services, there were, there were certain tiers of, like, quality in terms of entertainment. Yeah. And a, uh, like, but again, before there was prestige television, there were pretty much two rungs of visual storytelling. There was movies and there was television or visual st- storytelling. There was movies and there was television. Movies yep. were seen as respectable and prestigious and important, and TV was seen as none of those things. And most like actors who were on TV were trying to get called up to the the so-called big leagues of being in the movies. Like being on TV was like slumming it, and being in the movies was where everybody wanted to be. And so a TV, but I feel like. What? Even less than that was the TV movie. Oh, yeah. The TV movie is a lower rung than being on a regular TV show. A TV movie is exactly what it sounds like. It's a film made for television, which is to say that it has the running length of a feature film, but the production value and the budget and um, a, a, of, of a television show. 
and so and, think about Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel. I was I was just about to say I was going to say Lifetime Originals, but yes, the Hallmark Channel Originals. will also do that. Yes. Used to be a thing that most networks did, specifically like ABC Family. Or there was no. It was look. The time that this song Fox was written, Family. there were there was no ABC well, Family. Yeah, back when this was written, it was way before that. But there this was, I, this is a thing up until up until seven years ago. <laughs> in 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 1984, when the song was written, there were three channels. There was NBC, there was CBS, and there was ABC. Wait, did I say NBC, ABC, and CBS? That yeah. was it. So if, if you're if you're watching a TV movie, you're watching one of those channels. <laughs> and, right. I didn't um, the time. Yeah, and there are commercial breaks, and there are. Probably actors who are trying desperately to get into the movies, or actors who used to be in the movies who can no longer get work in said movies, and directors and producers who also can uh, fit that description as well. In fact, after we get done doing the lyrics, I've got some some fun facts for you about TV movies. But fantastic! Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot wait. of fun. More interesting than the song, you would argue. So so anyway, <laughs> all, all that to say, it's interesting that in in this song. Like and Bruce writes a lot about like people who have like grandiose ideas about their lives. So it's interesting that in this song, this man has a dream, and in his wildest dreams, the the highest rung he can reach is TV movie. You know, like which I yeah, I think that's the most uh, sort of substantial part of the song is yeah. like that that idea. The idea that that even even when this guy dreams of a better life, it's it, it's kind of sad and, and kind right, of like, like in my dream, I am the supporting actor yeah or yeah like i am the subject which is funny like they're gonna make a tv movie about me which is also kind of like that's not something anybody wants because not just because like it isn't respectable but also because a lot of tv movies are cautionary tales about like women being abducted or marrying a domestic abuser you know like they're like yeah tv movies are not like you don't want to be a character in a TV movie. That's a bad thing. So yeah. um, anyway, so that's that's also probably why it's funny. But I, I can like, see where TV Bruce was movies like, are like. Is it Lorena Bobbitt? Is that her name? Yes. There were a lot of those about them before the whatever the new show is. Like they those were what the TV movies are about. Like the most insane true crime sort of thing you could think of. But with like but like D-list fictionalized actors. version with. Yeah, and with bad dialogue. Yeah, so um, so then you got, I guess, I guess we, we'll call it a chorus. It says, "Well, well, now it's one, two, three. You take the money. Yeah, it's easy as ABC. Yeah, they're gonna make a TV movie out of me. So, and then in the next verse is, well, they can change my name or they can leave it. They can change my story too. Which if they change your name and they change your story, it's not about you. So, and then uh, which, but that's that's the TV movie thing, right? Yeah, is, sure." They option a story and then make it completely different. Well, and then then it gets even more problematic because the next line yes, is it does get problematic. Or they can make me black or Chinese and yes, do things that I never do. <laughs> so, like be like be a different race than I am. Yeah, it's a thing I never do. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really have any commentary for that. My my guess is that our our good friend and listener Lori will. Uh, We'll we'll have thoughts on oh, yeah. this, on that lyric at some point. Uh, so looking forward to hearing from you, Lori. And then uh, it says they're gonna give me. Uh, sorry, they're gonna give my life a whole new ending, and put me in prime time first run. And when it's over, what I did there will be what I done. In other words, like whatever, like it may not be what I said. I may be a different race. It may completely change my life story. But whatever whatever happens in the movie will then become the truth about my life. You know, yeah, like, like the t- like the TV movie will then become the thing that defines me. 
So then, I have to say that at the time this was written, the fact that they would actually change the main character's race from white to black or Chinese. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Is is the most sort of sad and laughable thing. It's not that he says that. It's that like that that wouldn't even be an option. No, then. yeah, it would. It would probably be more like the opposite. Like, like if, right. If, if, that, if a black person had done something, hundred percent the opposite. Yeah, like great. We love this story. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get. Right. Uh, we're, we're gonna get that. Man, okay. I'm now trying to think of a a white TV actor from the 1980s. That it, we're gonna get Michael J. Fox to play him. And uh, yeah, e- even though yes, this was a a black person who did this thing in um in in an African country, and it was very noteworthy. But the entire cast is gonna be white, and Michael J. Fox is gonna play the lead. So yeah, that's probably the thing that would have happened. So um, anyway. Then it goes, uh, now I don't want my name in a history book. Nobody's ever going to see. No, they're going to make a TV movie out of me. Well, now it's one, two, three, you take the money. Yeah, it's easy as ABC. They're going to make a TV movie out of me. Then the next verse is, well, I'm a shoe-in for sponsor. Goodyear, Blimp, and Radial Wheels. So now they're talking about, like, ad buys. Somebody had a meeting somewhere. Somebody, somehow somebody made a deal. Well, I was one of them kinds of stories that everybody likes to see. Yeah, they're going to make a TV movie out of me. Now, I don't want no inscription on my gravestone, no long soliloquy. <laughs> no, they're going to make a TV movie. Which is movie great. Out of that's me. a great rhyme right there. That is a great rhyme. I mean, out of me, Bruce. soliloquy, that's perfect. Mwah! I love it. And yeah. then, uh, then that's it. Then you got the chorus one more time. Uh, easy as ABC. They're going to make a TV movie out of me. So, um,. So yeah, that's that's what this song is. I don't really have any other analysis of this other than what we've already kind of offered up. Do you? Do you? Nope. All right. So uh, here, here's here's a couple fun facts for you about TV movies. So right. um, some of the TV movies were a little bit more inventive than what we've already sort of described. For example, in 1978, there was a Battlestar Galactica, or there there was a, a TV movie called Battlestar Galactica: colon, Saga of a Star World that generated some pretty hardcore cult enthusiasm and like became a pretty big deal. And like, I, I mean, for people who know anything about Battlestar Galactica as a somewhat modern day TV show, like it all kind of sprang up out of that TV movie. So wow, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, so there's that. And then um, then there the most oh the most watched TV movie of all time was on ABC in on November the twentieth, nineteen eighty three, which was. Um, probably around the same time that Bruce wrote this song, um, so maybe that's why that's why he thought of it. But uh, the most watched TV movie of all time to this day was The Day After, which premiered on November 20, nineteen eighty three, to yep. an audience of a hundred million people. Are you, have you seen this? Uh, I have read a lot about it. I have not actually seen it. Yeah, the film depicted America in the aftermath of a nuclear war with the Soviet Union because we're still in the Cold War in nineteen eighty three, and uh, lots of people were very upset. Yeah, it was like, almost a War of the Worlds experience. It was they were going for that. It was not that. Oh, people freaked out. Like the, it was, it was like this is going to be our future. We're all going to get blown up. This is, uh, you know, and uh, that was that was before Donald Trump was president. So back yep. when people had that level of fear about nuclear war. So um, anyway, so that that's that's a little fun fact. So the most watched TV movie of ever, the day after. So if you're ever if you're ever playing Trivial Pursuit and that question comes up, you'll get the answer right. Um, one of Steven Spielberg's earliest directing credits was a TV movie. It was called Duel in 1971. So that you know that launched a a pretty amazing film career. You know, it's four years before he made Jaws. Yeah. So then you can um, start in the TV movies. You can do it. 
Yeah, you just don't want to end up in TV movies. I think is the you don't too. you don't want to end up there. Uh, there was a... the pan. Well, in which case, you know, it's, you know, eight hour days. It's cool. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, well, and, and again, like TV, it's different now because like now people are making movies like Roma technically is a TV movie because it was released to Netflix, you know, like um, or Triple Frontier. Like you, you have movies now that are that there's a there's a big budget. People are getting respectable actors and directors. The Battle of Buster's the Coen brothers, like my all my, my favorite um, writer directors of all time are, are Joel and Ethan Coen. And they made the Battle of Buster Shrugs and it went straight to Netflix, you know, like so Ballad, the ballad. What did ballad. I say? Did I say battle? Battle. Sorry. Yes, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I meant to say battle. Ballad. Yeah, I, man, I did it again. I'm having some tongue tie issues tonight, but it's all right. It's all right. Um, and so, and also, you got like HBO, like churning out some pretty, pretty interesting content. So now, like, we live in a prestige, like the Fire Festival documentaries. We live in a prestige era where there's not quite so much of a stigma anymore, except for like, but, but the 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 prestige is not showing up on these like mainstream like public broadcast networks they're showing up on privately owned networks that people have to like subscribe to so yeah. um anyway so then uh let's see there was a movie called Brian's Song in 1971 there was a TV movie and it did so well on TV that it ended up later getting a theatrical release and it was a true story about a professional football player who's diagnosed with cancer and if you ever if you know anybody who like is a big football fan the odds are very good that they probably have seen Brian's Song I remember the previews for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was really originally released in 1971, but it, it has it, it has it's it's maintained a following. They um, re-released it um, back in the day, and the previews were hilarious. <laughs> they, I mean, they were sad, but right. There were some. There well, were, yeah, there the, were very the, funny moments. The, earnestness the line of, I remember is like he was sick, and uh, he you know his his friend was like, "What's wrong?" And he goes, "I don't know." I just don't feel like myself. There's a lot, there's the, a lot of overacting. I don't know who movies. the mother is. <laughs> yeah. He was pretending to be pregnant. TV movies were also a venue for low-budget sequels to previously successful movies. So, like, um, The Parent Trap was a movie that came out and was very successful. And so there were m- multiple Parent Trap sequels that were released straight to TV, which Ooh. that's a, you know, that you would do a sequel to Parent Trap is interesting. Lindsay Lohan did one uh, for... ABC Family. That, that was a remake, sir. Not a not well, a sequel. Well, it was whatever sequel remake, whatever. It was a TV movie. I I want to say that that got a theatrical release with Dennis. Nah, Quaid dude, it was an ABC Family. It was ABC Family. Ah, you need to check your basic facts. I'm pretty sure that was a theatrical release, my man. Dennis Quaid don't do no ABC Family. You don't think that Dennis Quaid would do an ABC Family movie? Dennis, Dennis Quaid now will would do an ABC Family. I'm saying Dennis Quaid 15 years ago would not have done an ABC. Family. Have you seen movie 42? Uh, the Jackie Robinson movie? No, or not 42. What is it? The movie it was like a number where it's like Dennis Quaid takes uh, producers hostage to tell him about his crazy dream idea of a movie. No, but there's a movie about a reincarnated dog that he's going to star in later on this year. That anyway. Very he's nice. Also, Very nice. Yeah. Oh, he's also uh, he he also played the dad in um, I can only imagine the Christian movie Ooh, about the lead singer yes. of Mercy Me. So Dennis Mercy Quaid. Me. Look, and by the way, Christian movies now are made like TV movies were then. Even though they have oh, a much so much budget. worse than TV movies were then. Yeah. E- even yeah, they're way worse. And so like e- even though they have a much better budget, and even though like it's it's easier like arguably it's easier to make a good movie because. Equipment is easier to buy, um, but even that, like, and they get a theatrical release, and so you get like Christian movies, like I can only imagine, or like God's Not Dead, or 
whatever, like whatever Kirk Cameron's in, and they're made like a T. Like if you want to know what a TV movie was like, but you want to see what it would have been like today, just go find like the new Kirk Cameron movie, and you'll you'll get a pretty good feel for it. I uh, was was practicing at church on Sunday morning, and the band was preparing to play a song. It started with my lead guitar part, and I played the lead guitar part to I Can Only Imagine instead, and uh, it was hilarious. Really? That was a joke for just you and me and not anyone else who's listening. You, me, and (laughs) no one else. Okay, so The Parent Trap, did you look this up? No, I didn't. The the Parent Trap, the 1998, which makes it 21 years old, the the Parent Trap starring Lindsay Lohan and Dennis Quaid, was released in theaters in 1998. It was released right. Ju- July right. the 29th, 1998 in the United States and December 11th, 1998 in the United Kingdom. It bought, uh, The budget for that film was $15 million and the box office take was $92.1 million. So not only was it a theatrical wow. release, it was, it was a, a very successful it's one. It's a very successful It almost made $100 million. For- well, I must have just seen it uh, when it came on ABC Family in um, 2003 and 2004 and 2005, it was it was on ABC Family a lot. <laughs> well, and also, and then later Fox Family, and then later whatever it became after that. It's a uh, freeform now, I think is what it's called. Um, in fact, I'm looking. Oh. What? It was the it was the basic cable version of Disney Channel. Oh, I see. Isn't, wait, isn't Disney Channel the basic cable version of Disney Channel? And not back in the back when I was a kid, Disney was premium. You had to get HBO, too, and HBO came with all that other stuff that you couldn't turn off because it wasn't direct. So good Christian families didn't have HBO. Oh. Well, we didn't. Yeah. Neither did we. We also didn't have cable for my life or TV because, you know, good Christian families don't have TV. Well, yeah. There's that also. Anyway, so those are are my fun facts about TV movies. So how many um, Parent Trap sequels would you give... Uh, the song TV movie. Uh, all right. So if it was an instrumental song, I give it a lot more. But just because it's it's really nothing uh, new, and the lyrics aren't good. Uh, one, I give it one. Yeah, I'm a two. I think you're a two. All right, that's yeah, fine. I, that's I'm, good. I, I dig the Jerry Lee Lewis vibe. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, so I, I I'll give it a point for that. But but I mean, you go. I mean, you and I have a different metric. Like I, you you will go to zero, and I I will not go to zero. So really, a right. Two... And I will also go listen to Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> so really, uh, my t- my two and your one, I think, are at the same in the same place. About the same. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're so, right. Um. All right. Well, that's it for TV movie, and uh, so we can cross that right off the list. And uh, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. And if you will join us next time, we'll be talking about the song Two Faces. Two Faces. And we're you not know what I hear about, about Two Faces? I hear what? they are yeah. better than one. And we're not talking about the, the replicated Two Faces of Lindsay Lohan in the 1998 remake of the film Parent Trap. We're talking about a whole different two, set of Two Faces. So, Fun thing uh, about the Two Faces on Lindsay Lohan's remake of Parent Trap, they were actually just one face. Well, it's yeah. It was, it was an illusion. Yeah. Because she wasn't a twin. She's the same actor. That's right. Oh, you know a movie that does that effect much better now that just came out that's amazing? Us. Like through a face-off? No. Oh, Us. I haven't seen Us. Oh, go see Us. I'm ready to. I'm very much ready to. We're, we're, it's, I mean, I realize it's only March. I'm, 
I would be talking about it in December. I would not at all be surprised if we talk about it in December. And I need somebody to talk about this movie with because it is bananas. And uh, it it is absolutely crazy. And it's so, so good. And uh, I'm going to have to see it again. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And if you've seen us or if you have thoughts on the movie or the song TV movie, you know, let us know. You can comment on our Facebook page. You can um, comment on the episode at alphabeticalspringsteen.com. You know? That's tweet those, at us. Those are the best ways. Yeah, tweeting at us is fine. Um, so thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you guys next time with Two Faces. Mm-hmm.